Jordan is a unhappy Manchester United fan. Let's not talk about that. Five, four, three, two, one. If we don't talk about Orlando against Montreal, we will talk about Manchester against Wolves. That's fair enough. Um, what was the final score of that match? Just because I genuinely don't know. Uh, two to one. Rashford scored in like the 90th minute. So at least you guys won or you lost? We lost. Oh, I'm sorry to have brought that pain up. You now get to talk about my pain for 40 seconds. He's seriously just... Yeah, Orlando lost to Montreal at home brutally. It's not looking good. Anyways... This is the American Soccer Broadcast. Uh, we're back. No Peter this week. It You're just stuck. Oh, okay. Wow. Joseph Martinez almost just did a back-ended bicycle kick. I'm watching Atlanta, Philadelphia. This is the American Soccer Broadcast. Back at you, just the two of us. Just the two of us. I'm, I'm very tired, just so everybody knows. I'm Alex Ryder. I probably should be on ADD meds and I am joined by a man who thinks that the Chicago River was dyed green today happy St. Patrick's Day because the Seattle Sounders curb stomped the Chicago Fire Jordan Hawkins I'm actually convinced of that I would be too you told me that you read that on online and it, it, it was it was on one of my sounder community hubs whether that's the heartland horde or the sounders subreddit either way you guys are looking good i'm terrified of you i'm happy though jordan morris looks like he's already a as you said to me earlier earned that comeback player of the year and is probably gonna earn himself an all-star appearance I would say give him the comeback player of the year already, but how do how do we even judge comeback player of the year? Well, for one thing, it I think it has something to do with players that don't play a majority of the previous season, if I had to guess. If you're listening to the pod, um, send us a tweet at ASB Podcast on Twitter and let us know what the actual rules are because we don't do re- as much research on this podcast. We just turn the mics on and go. That's because we're that's because we're pundits, not journalists. Yep. Which, by the way, you are recording this, right? Yes. Excellent. We are actually podcasting. So, speaking of Jordan Morris, let's just get right into it. Um, I get to see him on Thursday, and I'm kind of excited about and, it. because I'm jealous for of the... you. Yeah, you've already seen... You went to January. It's my turn. It, but that was January. That was... We didn't have Pulisic. We didn't have McKinney. We didn't have Adams. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we were, cry... we were You're going to cry Mike... about it? We were stuck with Michael Bradley and Georgi Mihalovic. Stop messing with the microphone. I mean, to be well, I didn't. Didn't they get called up too? No, they did not. No, Georgie or Michael. So who did get called up then? Who did Greg Berhalter, the new coach that we will talk about after the fact? Who did he call up, Jordan? Uh, he called up. Let's see. I had the roster in front of me. Uh, for keepers, he called Ethan Horvath, uh, still plugging away at Club Rouge in Belgium, uh, Sean Johnson from NYCFC, and Zach Steffen. Uh, dude, can we... Current can... Columbus Crew goalkeeper, soon to be Manchester City goalkeeper? Yeah, that's that going to be a question. Can we call him a Manchester City goalkeeper yet? Um, I believe that goes through in the summer. at the end in the summer, which is why Joe Bendick went to Columbus, which I, I'm indifferent about. Speaking of former Orlando players, have you seen Breck Shea's haircut lately? I have not. He's started for Atlanta and he looks just as Breck Shea as ever. 
Anyway, uh, defenders. John Brooks from Wolfsburg. Omar Gonzalez from Atlas. I never thought we would see him again after that showing yeah. in Trinidad and Tobago. No, no, we don't talk about that. No, you're you're violating the rule. No talking about that. Did, did we make that a rule? I don't remember this. That is a rule. After after the turn of 2018, we said we wouldn't talk about it. So we're not talking about it. Any, um, anyway. Uh, Nick, L- Nick Lima. Lima is a, from the, I love, I can't wait to see him again. He looks so good. Yeah, he, he looked amazing at uh, in Phoenix. Can't wait to see him again. Same with Aaron Long. Yeah. Uh, We'll see if he wears the captain's armband again, or if he'll go to uh, Christian, uh, who we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, Daniel Lovitz, who who had a decent showing in in Phoenix and uh, San Jose. Uh, Matt Miazga, excited to see him again. Uh, I'm very excited in general about all of these experienced defenders. Like, we've got a healthy mix of the best defenders in MLS and a lot of quality coming from across the pond, mm-hmm. um, including your boy, uh, DeAndre Yedlin. He's at the end of this list. Yes, he is. Who is, I would argue he's going to be the one, one that um, wears the captain's armband. Really? Yeah. I think, I think he has earned it. That's just my opinion, though. And we have Tim Ream. What what did you think of Tim Ream's tackle on Salah today? Ooh. Yikes. Was it Salah or Mane? I, I, I heard it was Salah. It might have been Salah. I'm not I can't remember. But I, I I've already blanked that entire game out of my memory because I I consumed that match. Let, let me tell you about my weekend. I did not get to sit and watch either of my clubs because I was in band practice both times. But yet I got to watch the end of the Orlando game right when they scored, of course. And then I listened to the Liverpool game on my way to practice. I watched it in between practice and performance. And then I listened to it on my way home. And I literally, as I pulled into my driveway, the penalty kick was called and they, and I ran into my house and watched the penalty kick. I wish I could have been, had a video recording of it happening. So, um, can I, can I be, I have the actual, roster in front of me can i talk about the midfielders because i have a lot of opinions about the midfielders go ahead um red bull wherever that um red the red bull aficionado from red bull new york who is now in red bull is it it's leipzig 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 yeah that's i got it right um is Getting another call up, uh, and you said no, Michael Bradley. I, I did say no, Michael Bradley, Ben. I was uh, incorrect. I was I was half correct. Which I thought he was not on there either, which means he will end up wearing the captain's arm band, much to my chagrin. But maybe he'll he'll so show well, some he, quality. He didn't wear the captain's arm band in January, either. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I that's up for debate. Add us on Twitter to see who you think will wear the armband. Um, Sebastian Legette is coming on. I I like his, his performance so far for LA Galaxy. He's he's a solid holder, but I don't know if he he's going to get a start because the next three guys, four guys arguably are going to be the starters. Uh Weston McKinney, Shellac, Schalke, 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 Schalke. I cannot pronounce these German teams, and I'm I'm seven eighths German. What the heck? Um, Christian Pulisic, uh, who is technically owned by Chelsea now, he is he's he, on loan at Dortmund, which Chelsea is happy about because now they have a two year ban, making Christian Pulisic. 
the last player that comes to Chelsea for two years. Is it is Which, it two years or two um, transfer windows? Two full years. Wow, I thought it was just two windows. No, which is that I, I was blown away. Cor- uh, correct me if answer this question for me. Can they still get players on a free transfer? I'm not sure. That that'd be some interesting research material. Can they uh, buy players on a free transfer? Um, is your phone near your your microphone again? No. Weird. Maybe it's my headphones. I got new headphones, so okay. Sorry. Um, I'm not sure, but either way, having Pulisic back in camp is going to be key. It's going to show, show what Greg Berhalter is going to do with him. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up lining up. If he lines up as a winger or if they line him up as a true mid, uh, attacking midfielder behind the likes of, I don't know. Um, Josie Zardes and Jordan Morris, maybe. We'll see. You know darn well Christian Roldan and Will Trapp will be behind him, though. If he is, in fact, in the middle. Yeah, that that's true. I, because... I, I, had, I had drawn up several lineups that I think that Perhalter could put out. And a key point was that I couldn't really decide was will Christian be on the wing like he has been for Dorman or will he be in the middle? It all depends on how they want to use him best and who they want to put on the opposite wing. Cause he's always played on the right wing. So who plays on the left? There's, there's a number of good choices on that list. It's just a matter of, who do you put out there? Who do you put in the center? Which, in my opinion, it has to be Morris. Morris is red hot right now. Well, he's, he all this season he's been playing the right as well. I I can't I, remember I, the last time he's played up front center. And that's the thing. You it almost warrants the debate of are we even going to see Jordan Morris? with Pulisic in camp. And it's kind of a bummer because it would almost be better if you had a formation where somehow, some way, whether it was a, some kind of right midfield wing, and then you had Morris in front of him. Can you imagine that link up on the right side? It'd be incredible. So, uh, rounding out the midfielders, and then I'll let you just tear into the forwards because I think this forward list is very interesting. Uh, Will Trap from Columbus, which how much longer he is he going to be there? I I think he was just brought in as a veteran presence, much like I think Bradley was brought in. Which is weird because if you look at this, Trapp's only got 13 call-ups, whereas Bradley's got so many call-ups that he actually has more goals for the U.S. than Trapp does call-ups. So do with that what you will. I think he's going to end up not starting. I was back and forth on that. And forwards. Uh, Par Areola from D.C., I think... He put out a good, he put out a good showing last year, pairing up with uh, Rooney, uh, Corey Baird from RSL, Jonathan Lewis, New York City FC, my boy Jordan Morris from Seattle, Christian Ramirez, LAFC, and Giazzi Zardes from Columbus Crew. Did we miss? I think I missed Christian Roldan. 
I forgot about him. You mentioned your boy. Yeah, he's there. More. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him at least get into a game. I think he'll be a backup. Yeah, with um, if we put out two, um, defensive midfielders, um. If we put out two defensive midfielders, I think one of them will be Adams and the other one will be Bradley and Christian and McKinney will be backups. Yeah. I, 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 want... I agree with that, but I would like to see McKinney start at least one of the games. That's... I, I want to see more McKinney, but I don't know if we'll see it. So now we got the rut. Should we talk about uh, January friendlies? You can. I. I was at one of them. I know you were at one of them. I watched both of them in passing. I wasn't entertained. I didn't see anything overly impressive. I know that there was a lot of youth, and fourteen of those players are coming back, but. That's not a good measurement of what the Burl Halter system is going to be. This, but I'm sure in your firsthand experience, you can give us a lot more insight than my bored mind can ever do. So take it th- away. There were several things that I saw when I saw the game in Phoenix. Um, one, they were definitely using the width of the field. There were several times. Um, in that first half, when I was sitting a few sections over from the Outlaws, and uh, there were several times where I'm looking all the way across the pitch, and I'm thinking, who's that on the other um, touchline? And I and I realized that was Obobase. I was like, oh, it's Obobase. So, one, they were definitely using the width of the pitch, and I noticed they started out with a, um, I believe it was a four-two-three-one that sort of morphed into a, how do I say, three-two-two-three, where Lima would move up and join. Uh, I think it was Bradley, and then Roldan would move up and join Mihailovic in the attack with um, Giazze, Baird, and... Giazze! Giazze, Baird, and who's... who's, And Abobase in the attack. Um, So it was a lot of move the ball around, find the hole, exploit the hole, and then find the person who can put it on target. Do you think that system's going to adapt to the players that got called up? I think... Or is that Burl Halter just making strategy for the opponent he's playing at the time? If he does use the same system, I would like to see... um, uh, Lima do the same thing with... uh, Bradley or Adams. And then Roldan can join move up and join Pulisic. Be interesting. Have we we haven't gotten a lot of Roldan and Pulisic since the Gold Cup, right? Yeah, and I think depend depending on what Burholter does, I think we may or may not see that in this camp or the Gold Cup. It depends on what Berhalter does. Tell, uh, I want to hear what your thoughts on Bradley in these couple games. I mean, Bradley didn't do anything overly stupid. And that's all I ever really want from him. But he's also been my kicking post for years so the fact that he hasn't 
he hasn't shown his age in recent months like he did last year is reassuring that maybe just maybe he can give enough of a veteran's input to at least get these guys through the gold cup. I think the gold cup is going to be his last hurrah for the men's national team. If he performs in March and the friendlies leading up to the gold cup, which is less than a hundred days from now. And the women's world cup is about 80, but we'll talk, we'll get to that later. Um, one thing I noticed from Bradley was nine times out of 10. He was the outlet pass for the defense. I had, I don't think I hardly saw any long balls from the defense. And two, which is good because we're not just throwing them up there. We're actually being intentional with our passing. And I think that's another Burhalter thing. Which is thing. something, exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. That's not something you would have seen in the previous systems. And the other thing is, um, if we're going to have Bradley, I would want to see him paired with another defensive midfielder. Preferably Adams, because... Bradley, he'll be the um, first line of defense in front of the defensive line. He'll be the outlet pass from the defenders. And Adams can just, can just run rampant all around the midfield, breaking up passes, making interceptions, and go crazy. I actually liked how Bradley looked. And I'm curious is... I'm going to draw a line that you might call me crazy for. I'm wondering if this was the same situation with with Pogba at Manchester United. Whoa. Now, and he, hear me out. Hear me out. Wow. Compare Pogba between Pogba under Marino and Pogba under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Spell that five times fast. That they're comp- two completely different people. And, and I'm wondering if this is the same thing between Bradley under Klinsman and Arena, and Bradley under Burhalter. That's a really good point. I mean, it it does help that they're both their fellow balds. They can relate on that. You can almost Although, you can almost relate relate on that, but the, it, it. I want to see how they how he stacks up in real competition, and that's why Ecuador on Thursday is going to be a big test. If they put him in there with the big boys like Polisic, and I'm going to consider Morris as one of them because he's he's going to be a central figure in this coming cycle. As long as he stays healthy, healthy, knock, knock on my wood desk. But if they, this core, this is, this is pretty clear that this was going to be the core. If Burhalter can adapt to these players and can use them the, the way he, he wants the team to look and we get positive outcomes. If we have good games in these upcoming windows before the gold cup who knows who knows what the upcoming cycle is going to look like so um i I, I, here i'm gonna beat this horse one more time i don't know why zardes i don't know why zardes is in the camp but it is what it is. Uh, I, I I had a thought of that. Um, I think on a different day, Zardes could have had a goal or two. He he had some on target. It, it just put him wide, or the Panamanian goalkeeper made a good save. Yeah. Um. I and I, I had another thought of this on back to Bradley. I, I just sent you three lines, and 
there, there's just there, there's this thing that I noticed in the aftermath of this game against Panama was um, okay. So I, I just want I want you to read off those lines, and I'm gonna give you a response that that I was hearing in the aftermath of this of this pan- game against Panama. What did you think of Miklovich? Mihailovich, but my gosh, I'm just so off today. I can't pronounce any names. He's, he he looked you... he looked he looked great. He's probably going to be our number ten. What did you think of Lima? Oh, he's going to be so great. He's going to he's going to be the replacement for for Yedlin. Why do we want to replace Yedlin? <laughs> because look, Lima looked better. It's. January camp. And what did you think of Bradley? Oh, hold on. This, this was the Panama B or C team. <laughs> this was just something that I was noticing after the game against Panama. It's like, we're, we're having different standards. We're judging Michael Bradley... By an impossible standard, it's like we're moving the goalposts on him just because his dad once coached the team. It, it's it's we're we're putting different, giving different lines of standards. Again, it they all played against the same team in the same system. That's really funny. That, that, that was just something you know, that is this I on was Twitter. Or is this went noticing on Reddit the, too? I, I think it, it it was on Reddit. It was um, on the different Facebook community, soccer communities. It is. It, it just it was just something that bothered me. Well, it, it it's it's abundantly clear that now that we've got actual competition, we're playing Ecuador on Thursday in Orlando. And then who are we playing on the following Tuesday in Houston? I know it's in Houston, and I know it's Chile. Which is, again, if Chile brings at least remotely good team, no one can say, oh, that's a soft team. That We're testing ourselves big time prior to. Chile was a team that everyone was surprised that didn't make it to Russia. Exactly. It was Chile, Italy, and the U.S. that were going to comprise of the... And Netherlands. Uh, yes, forgot about the Netherlands. We're going to be at the Not Invited Tournament. the Or I believe we called it the He Believes Cup? Yes. That is what we called uh, it. Which never t- took place, which was kind of a bummer. But... Huh... <sighs> It is what it, it, it is. What it is. We're not gonna. I'm, I just got really sad again. Um, the this is these are teams that we're actually gonna test ourselves against before marching into Concacaf, marching into because we've got this summer we've got the Gold Cup, and then this fall we've got the Concacaf Nations League. So. We're not going to have as much competition, which brings me to a point I do want to make. Uh, do you have any other points you want to make on the team before I go off on my um, Copa America rant? Go down that rabbit hole. Okay. Um, it's very quite simple. Copa America. Some of the best teams in the world, in South America, in the U.S., always gets an invite and half the time we turn it down mostly because oh the gold cup you know what you do with that i don't care if you have no intention of winning the competition send a team to south america and a give us something to watch and b give some of the players that didn't make it in the gold cup team a chance to shine Give them experience so that maybe even send the under 23s because not only do we need to worry about the next cycle, we need to worry about the next Olympic cycle. Everybody's like, oh, Gold Cup, Gold Cup. The players that are playing now did not play in the last two Olympics. And that's a big 
experience as well. And we need to get those teams ready. I don't know what to say other than that. They, we should have sent a team this summer. Instead, we're getting freaking Qatar. Who, is, who are just going to get demolished? They're going to get curb stomped. It's not even going to be close. They're going to get curb stomped by Chile. And somehow, someway, I think the U.S. is going to beat Chile in Houston. I'll tell you this much. In Orlando on Thursday, there will be more people there for the U.S. game than there were for the Orlando game yesterday. Orlando loves the U.S. men's national team. I mean, that was that was evident when they played Panama two years ago. I was there, too. Will, will the onesie make an appearance? Oh, the onesie's already laid out, ready to go. Onesie is ready to go. I have, I'm taking a bus with a bunch of the... Um, American Outlaws Fort Myers guys up to Orlando for the day. And we're just going to, the, the onesies coming out. I intend on losing five more pounds. And that, that's just all in sweat. Yeah, pretty much. It's supposed to be 70 something degrees. What's the weather supposed to be like in Orlando on Thursday? Whoa! I might not die of sweat. No rain, just 51 degrees. Wow. Hmm. Might actually be comfortable in that onesie. We'll see. I know people will take pictures. That's what always happens. They love the onesie. I don't get it. I'm just in a onesie. I've seen people in three-piece suits that have the U.S. flag on them. Uh, any other thoughts um, on March friendlies or January friendlies? Because if not, we'll quickly highlight the World Cup, the Gold Cup, and then we'll move on to domestic. What do you think? Let's move on. Uh, World Cup. Uh, Women's World Cup is how many days away now? I believe it's 80. Um, or some, somewhere around there. It's, yeah, it's it's... It's in that area. It's getting closer. Uh, the final sold out in 31 minutes. Which so is, that'll be in. Which is in, I think it's Nice, not Paris. No, it's Lyon. Oh, it's Lyon. No sleep to Lyon. I have a friend that already booked his plane ticket. Actually, Oh, yeah, it was Peter. Peter. Peter's going. Peter is going. Who knows? Maybe I'll be able to talk him into being our own personal correspondent. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's coming up. Uh, what, what, more... did you, what do you think of the women filing loss, the lawsuit against U.S. soccer? Um, it. I was shocked it took this long, to be completely honest. I, 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 I don't understand... And it bums me out because in Orlando, we have a really good team and they don't get nearly as many people out. And I don't know why, because honestly, the women's team could probably beat the men's team. But and it's, it's such as it's, the case with the national teams. It's sad. Like, these are quality, respectable athletes. They're, they are the pinnacle of women's athletics it's the most popular women's sport in the u.s so why is why are they not paid the same amount it doesn't make any sense it doesn't matter if they don't make as much money they should still be paid the same if not more for you know winning the world cup four years ago remember remember that wonderful summer i remember i was in chicago for that but I'm all for this. I'm uh, I, the fact that this was done on International Women's Day. That was ah, that was not. I a mistake. forgot about that. No, that was not a no. mistake. I forgot it was on International Women's Day. That was funny. That was absolutely not a mistake. And I say, go get paid, ladies. Absolutely. 
Um, any other real hot topics to talk about with the women before we basically spelunk into what has happened league side? Or do you want to? Oh, the Greg Burlhalter thing. We we. We let's have, talk about let's uh, talk about that hiring process, because I uh, I have thoughts on that. I, I, go ahead, just rip rip that bandaid right off. I like Bert Halter. I like the system that he played with in Columbus. There was just I did not like how we got here. I was like you re- you remember after the game. That the U.S. played in it, played against Italy. It was not in Italy. I think it was in. It was during the November international. It was was in Belgium or somewhere. It was like that weird, like neutral site thing. When when it came out that Lopetegui, the the former Spanish manager who lost his job because he was talking sweet nothings to Real Madrid and then he eventually lost his job with Real Madrid because Real Madrid were doing terrible came out and said that he was interested interested in the U.S. job and the U.S. just basically said we're actually we're already too far in the, pro- the interviewing process we are like and my thought was, with who? Yeah, we had already talked to a bunch of people. I mean, didn't Caleb Porter interview for it and basically say he didn't want it? Well, no, no. Like, look at all. There are all these managers: uh, Tata Martinez, Oscar Parejo, Jesse Marsh. Um, and if you, and I'm if, happy Jesse Marsh didn't get the job. Or all think, these, all these managers said. We never got an interview. We were never talked to. So who else were you talking to other than Berhalter? Yeah, I the tra- the lack of transparency was a little annoying. They didn't. We didn't know who the other candidates were. But at the same time, we there was. I think there are other candidates that were at least talked to that weren't even rumored and some that would surprise us. But again, it wasn't rushed, but it was pretty clear that the decision was made relatively early on and we just waited to announce it. Like it was pretty clear that Caleb Porter or Greg Berhalter were the choices and we basically just wanted to get our everything in a row and let the the World Cup year come and go before we actually announced it so that he could start whoever it was with the January camp. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I stand by Greg Rohalters right now because I, I don't know what to think of the U.S. team because we have to see how he's going to treat some of these players, if he's going to use the players the way they're supposed to be used, or if he's going to try and force his own system on some players, who knows? If he if he calls the players he needs in and doesn't rely purely on the old system, maybe it'll work. But and and you you mentioned transparency, like this was an issue under the old. Um administration with Gulati. This this was talked about when Gulati was still president of US soccer and apparently this was this is still an issue. It, 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 it'll be interesting to see if if Burhalter stays around for the full three years of the window, if he actually succeeds, which for starters, he basically has to win the Gold Cup if he's got any chance of making it all the way through. He has to win the Gold Cup. He has to come out in the first segment of the 
World Cup qualifiers and do well, and he needs to make sure that the U.S. keeps their spot in the Nations League. All three he basically has to do if he's going to make it all the way to the World Cup. You, you have to you have to win in CONCACAF. That, that's the whole thing. It's, you have to keep pace with Mexico. Mexico, Panama, um, and you have all these different Canada. I mean, look at what Canada's put together. Canada has two quality strikers playing overseas. The both of their their star forwards, Kyle Lahren and um, Alfonso Davies, are both overseas scoring goals in, for top flight. European teams. I mean, Davies just scored his first goal for Munich today. Where, where did Laren go? Uh, Besiktas? That, that's right. I, I remember him going to Turkey. But yeah, it's like, you have to keep pace with Mexico, and you have all these countries that are climbing up the ranks. Namely, Panama, Honduras, and, and now Canada, who are climb up the ranks because where are they sending their players? They're sending to MLS. And thanks to MLS, these countries are they're they're clamp they're they're chasing down they're breathing down the US and Mexico's backs. And honestly this that needs to be made aware of to the people in US soccer. Yeah, and it, we we don't have the added benefit of the increased size World Cup until at least 2022, so we're going to have to get in the old-fashioned way for... Wait, oh... We have to get in the old-fashioned way for Qatar. Yeah, but are when are they going to announce... I, I, I keep reading about this whole... Let's add more clubs thing. When are they going to announce that? Because for Qatar, the, yeah, I I was not made aware of this. Last week at the annual FIFA meetings, they said that they were doing an exploration into doing forty-two teams at Qatar by adding another country, which one is not going to happen, and two is completely absurd. Adding a single another country. Just to add, I I would assume it would be um, it would be UAB or Saudi Arabia outright would be added just to allow for the the capacity to be met. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to stick with the current size they have now, the current the traditional qualification, and then for the U.S. 2026 is when we're going to see the increase, mainly because we already have the stadiums for it. I, I think the only reason you would add another country is because Qatar doesn't have the infrastructure in place yet to no. accommodate all these games. And they'll have to look to Saudi Arabia or United Arab, Arab Emirates to say... Hey, we, we need we need help, and people will say to Saudi Arabia or UAE that because you're hosting some of these games, you can you can play. <sighs> I I I just want them to announce it so that we can. I but I also I almost want it to be. They don't increase it just so the U.S. as a whole doesn't take the foot off the gas. We need to win the Gold Cup. We need to qualify for um, the, not the Champions League, the, what's it called? Um, Confederations Cup. I got the C's mixed up. Uh, We need to qualify for the Confederations Cup. We need to play in every possible tournament we can, which is why we should have qualified for sent a team to 
South America this summer, but instead we're going to give that to the host nation of the 2022 World Cup. So, yeah, um, we just need to get that experience. We need to get the younger players that are actually going to play at the World Cup experienced and ready to go. Same thing with the Olympics. Yeah. Um, speaking of the FIFA meetings, I'm going to transition. I'm going to do kind of a good transition to club before we wrap this up. Um, because we are coming up, we got about 13 minutes left. So there was a letter sent from 100 clubs in the U S to, uh, U S soccer. And it was made a big point in the FIFA meetings that the U.S. needs to open negotiations and talks about making our soccer system open for to allow for promotion and relegation. And I think that the fact that FIFA is talking about it now means that there is a real chance that in the next couple of years, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's made a requirement in order to facilitate hosting the World Cup. I know we already have it, but they might say, do this, implement this, make a plan for this, or we're going to take it away from you to open up U.S. soccer's pyramid to promotion and relegation. And I think that by the time 2026 rolls around, that it's going to be a sustainable model for the U.S. I'm not asking for a promotion relegation debate right now, but I think that it's a real possibility that we see it. What do you think? Well, now that FIFA's talking about it, and if FIFA puts pressure on the U.S., we will. I think we'll definitely see ProRel in the USL, if nothing else. Oh, ProRel. I think ProRel in USL is just a handful of days away, or a handful of years away. I mean, look at it. That's a good stepping point for the USL in general, but look at look at how many clubs. I mean, I'll pull up. I'm going to pull up the week one attendance numbers. But talk talk to everybody about Me- New Mexico. That was incredible. Yeah, you, you had over twelve thousand people for your first ever home game. In and where do they play? Albuquerque. You had 12,000 people show up for a professional soccer game in Albuquerque. And though that's not people that are just like, oh, it's it's a soccer match. We don't know anything about it. That's, that is fans that want to be here. It's like minor league baseball. Rarely do you see people that don't adore baseball at those games. It's... It's why FC Cincinnati, we just we just finished watching that. We, you and I were going back and forth. It's why FC Cincinnati sold out Nipart Stadium. 33,000 people. And yet, just up the road in Columbus, just yesterday, weather was almost identical. Columbus only had 9,000 people. And that's after they were saved. What's going on? I mean, you've got two USL clubs that had more attendance at smaller stadiums this week than Columbus. This goes back to the maybe Columbus shouldn't have been saved, but they, they deserve to stay in MLS as long as they're not sent out. They shouldn't be dissolved because they're a historical club. If they're if they're going to be out of MLS, they should do it through promotion relegation. Not through okay, let's relegate them or kill them because attendance isn't good. Right now, the only way if, you if get promotion gonna, if they're going to be relegated, they're going to earn it. Instead, you're going to have the club in Central Florida that should theoretically do that. We've got a bunch of Orlando City. Fans that long for the days of um, USL when we were actually good against other teams. 
that were really quite bad. Um, and you, you, I almost think that a year of Orlando in USL Championship would help our club ultimately grow, but instead we just populate the bottom of the table every year because our owner is poor and we have just this inability to actually do any kind of quality, but I'm still hopeful that maybe we will possibly go to the playoffs this year. Who knows? Anyways, I'm, I'm still sad about the fact that we are literally the worst club in the, yeah. Well, you, you're not, you're not the worst. Go look at the table. I'm pretty sure. San Jose is much worse. Well, uh, yeah, you you've. They still have more. They still have more fans show up because there are actually soccer fans that love their club in San Jose as opposed to Columbus, Ohio, and Columbus is still good. So, uh, I would I would also throw Vancouver out there. Well. <sighs> Vancouver just paid for their entire academy by selling Alfonso Davies well. overseas. If you take off one head, two more will take its place. And I think that we're going to be able to see that in the Vancouver system in a short supply. They also have a very nice stadium, even though it's shared with a Canadian football team. Well, at least you're equal on table with Atlanta. <sighs> Hashtag it's not a rivalry. Um, back to the attendance numbers, something that isn't sad. We're looking at, what, six new clubs came into USL, this in, into the USL championship? We're just going to talk about the championship for now because we, we haven't even started the League One season yet. But we had six. We have Loudoun United, El Paso. Which is the Loudoun United, which is the DC United feeder team. Yes. Uh, You have El Paso. You have Memphis. Memphis not. Is it Memphis 901? Yeah. You have New Mexico. You have. um, Is it Birmingham? Uh, yes, it's actually more. I I thought it was only six. It's actually seven. I forgot about Birmingham. And is is Birmingham a feeder to Atlanta, or is that just no. Atlanta two? No, Atlanta two is the their only feeder team. And then you've got Hartford, um, El Paso, and like we said, New Mexico. You've got all of the a lot of southern teams. And they're actually killing it on attendance so far. Like, El Paso had 8,000 people come out. That's impressive. Memphis it was over 7K. The All these clubs, I mean, if you go through the list for week two of USL, the top seven clubs had 7,000 plus attendance. That's... That's sustainable in the long term if you're you're going to talk about promotion relegation. That could be sustainable. And if you get the TV rights and we've got this rumor of 2021 be getting better a better TV deal where they're not not allowing clubs to do local TV deals beyond 2021 because they want it it's very possible we could see a national deal the likes that we have never seen before to the point where all games will be broadcast in their local markets in a, in a national way. Problem is, it's going to be harder to watch. We're going to end up with the... We could very well end up with MLS Sunday ticket, and it's going to cost $200 to watch. But it also means that the quality could get a lot better. So, I'm, I'm okay with ESPN Plus for now. I love ESPN Plus. Love it. Because you can watch 
every MLS game, every USL Championship game, and every USL Week One game. Yep. For and you'll... for five dollars a month. The only thing I miss. This is not an ad. The only thing I miss as the Toronto New England game ends on my other TV monitor. Um, the only thing I miss is the match rewind matches that had the consolidated stuff. I miss that. So, yeah, I mean, and we've got League One starting in just a few weeks. Um, I believe the first, the kickoff is the thirtieth. Yeah, that sounds correct. We've got and we've got ten teams. Um, Chattanooga Red Wolves forward Madison. Full, don't go full Mingo, which those kits are amazing, as I said last week. Uh, Greenville Triumph. Oh, I I have to skip the next one on this list because we didn't talk about that yet. Uh, yeah. I, I know Texas exactly SC. what you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, North Texas SC, which is the feeder team to FC Dallas. Um, Orlando City B, which that's self-explanatory. I actually have been very involved in some stuff with that. Uh, so watch this space for more of that. Richmond Kickers getting their relegation. South Georgia Torment, which they're all their own thing. They're not involved with Atlanta at all. Toronto FC2 and FC Tucson, which is actually, interestingly enough, a feeder team for Phoenix Rising, which bodes well for the Phoenix Rising to MLS argument, which I'm sure is going to send Sacramento fans over just over the edge. Yeah, it, it, it could that. Yeah. That could drive them crazy. But we've got a in the league starting up soon, and you, there has been a lot of quality. A lot of USL quality players are making their way into there, and it could be very interesting how this goes. I wouldn't be surprised if every single one of those teams that isn't a, a direct feeder team like the Texas SC, the Orlando City, the Toronto's, all the other ones sell out their entire season because these are markets that are, it's pretty clear that they want soccer and they're going to love those teams. So we'll see. It'll, it'll be fun to see. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these teams. Um, one team in particular holds a, has a very weird feeling for you. Um, and this is how we're going to close out the pod. Since the last podcast, um, and this was something we discussed in earnest that there were rumors about it, but it it was announced that the Lansing Lugnuts were starting their own Lansing pro soccer team, but were not using the Lansing United brand or colors or badge. That they were creating a whole new team called Lansing Ignite FC that will be playing at the local minor league baseball stadium. Jordan, as a former member of the Ransom, how do you feel about this? Because Lansing United, the Lansing United men's team, was dissolved after this. Yes. And let... I just want to point out the fact that the Lansing United Lansing United does still exist in the form of the women's team. Yes. That said, I have mixed feelings. Will you be supporting them this year? I've I've yet to decide. Well, you've got about a week and a half to figure that out. Yeah. I have mixed feelings. Because one, the the Lansing, the new Lansing ownership has basically said to the United supporters that we don't care. We're gonna do our own thing. The 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 ransom were never spoken to. They were never consulted on any of this. That said. A lot of the parts that were Lansing United are now a part of Lansing Ignite. 
They have brought in several players. They brought in Nate Miller, the the Lansing United manager. They have um, they have the owner of Lansing United, who is now the general manager. And they they just released that their uh, Lansing ignites training kits. I I sent these to you. They could all they could literally almost be actual game kits. That's that's how that's how good they look. Well, and that's something I'll, I'll touch on this just briefly that I've seen a lot of from both USL and USL League Championship and League One. The quality of the kits is better in the lower leagues right now, and I think I know why that is because. We talked about this on the last show. Because these lower league teams are not going to Nike or Adidas. They're going to smaller brands. They're going to local brands. For example, with Lansing and Knights, they're going to Moneyball, which is a local brand. Uh, the guy who actually designed the kits for Lansing and Knight, I know because I supported Lansing and Knight with him. And now Lansing and Knight is using the same brand. It the the training kits look as good as most um with MLS game kits. And that's that's not considering the fact that half of the away kits are white, but we won't get into that because we got into that last podcast. So yeah, I mean I'll be cheering for two clubs in USL League One. I'll be cheering for Forward Madison and uh, Orlando City B. And honestly, I'm a little terrified. Orlando City B is going to end up being better than Orlando City. So, um, looking forward to the the season starting. I'm happy soccer is back. Uh, One final piece of news that not a lot of people have been talking about. Um, USL came out this week and announced a fourth USL league called USL A, which is a United USL Academy tournament that will allow for any USL team to submit a Academy team for this tournament in order to get their younger players playing time. So that is very exciting. I'm I'm all for that. It's going to allow for um like Orlando City B for example is all going to be our academy players. So we're going to have a lot of young kids playing already, but what if we want to get the kids that aren't quite ready for the pro team to get in there? What if we want to get some of the younger players? Just put them uh, put them into that tournament, see who's good and call those people up it's going to be a great i'm looking forward to seeing that quite a bit and i'm sure that some of these these larger teams that aren't as academy focused like the the usl championship teams like loudon county and portland too and seattle too which is now tacoma what is it tacoma Tacoma defiance which is an awesome team by name, by the way, and awesome branding. Just they they knocked it's it out. A, they knocked it out of the park with this rebranding. And it's sad that they won't get to be in the Open Cup, but it's nice that they'll be able to have an another outlet for the younger players, so that some of these MLS academies can part can just send these players to a very united tournament. And I think it's, it's a precursor to what is eventually going to be the USL league cup, which will be a, an entirely separate open cup, but for the bottom three portions of the pyramid. So it'll allow a USL team to actually possibly win a double. So Louisville will probably end up winning them. Yeah. Cause why not? Exactly. So, uh, any final thoughts? I'm 
I'm looking forward to the seeing the U.S. play. I'm looking forward to the start of the USL full USL season, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot of Open Cup news soon. So, if not, I have been Alex Ryder. This has been the American Soccer Broadcast. You can find me at on Twitter at ghost underscore writer. Same on Instagram. Um, lately, I've just been posting pictures of baseball stadiums, which, speaking of which, one week from today, Jordan, one week from today. Where, where are we going to be, Alex? Uh, Sarasota, I, I will actually Florida. see you in person without a computer screen. Yeah, for the second time in less than a year. Um, Sarasota, Florida, where we are going to go see just a random Pittsburgh Pirates, Baltimore Orioles spring training I, game. I thought it was Philly. If it's Philly, then I'm in a lot of trouble. Let's check that, shall we? Uh, while I check that, uh, you tell the people... Oh, you can also find me at OrlandoLionsDen.com where I am doing a little bit more writing and editing. Um, and yeah. That's where I'll be. Tell the people where you're going to be, Jordan. You can find me on Twitter as Preacher Hawk. Replace the A and Hawk with a four, and that's where you'll find me. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, mostly just talking about soccer, talking about uh, the upcoming March Madness. That tourney tournament was just posted a couple hours ago of this recording. So, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Uh, oh, it's Split Squad. That's why. The Pirates are playing at Ed Smith Stadium, which is also in Sarasota. That's the one I want to go to. Okay. Partially because one of my friends is coming along. Shout out to friend of the pod, Derek Shoot. So, um, yeah, basketball. Uh, I'm excited. The Orlando Apollos lost their first game last night. Kind of bummed about that. You been watching the AAF at all? Nope. Ah, you got to watch the Alliance. Yeah. So, yep, sports are back in full swing. Baseball is here. Soccer is here. All is well with the universe once more. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next one, hopefully with more uh, ADHD meds. Party on, peoples. Be excellent to each other.